Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource, where we uncover the amazing resources available to help you on your holistic health journey and hopefully help you prevent issues before they arise. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Kumbaya Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me. Today, I want to answer the question should we suck our stomach in all the time? Now, I get this question quite frequently, and I will be honest with you, since I became a physical therapist, that's like, yeah, 20 years ago, um, back in the day, back when I was in school and first coming out of grad school, we actually were taught to coach people to pull their belly button in, so your lower abdominals, and that is to help Um, activate your transversus abdominis. And if you don't know, that is your deepest abdominal muscle. It's like a corset that kind of the fibers actually run horizontally. And um, so when you think about pulling in your belly button or pulling in your lower abdominals, like you're zipping up your pants, I literally was taught to teach other people to do this all day long, like all day. (laughs) So, um, What we would teach people is, you know, hold like a 30% contraction. So just minimal, but literally pull in like you're, you're zipping up a tight pair of jeans. um, When you're moving your body in space, when you are getting up from a chair, when you're getting in and out of bed, when you're about to do something uh, like lift something or move groceries or pick up your kid. And It's funny now looking back because now we have, you know, when you know better, you do better. So (laughs) now we know that holding your belly button in and sucking your stomach in all day long is not good. Okay. So why is holding your belly in or sucking in your stomach bad? Well, there are a couple reasons. First is now we know that our, when you pull your belly button in or you activate your deep abdominals, you are also activating your pelvic floor. They go hand in hand. We call it co-contraction. They they work together. If you're pulling in your belly, your pelvic floor is firing. Your pelvic floor is tightening up and squeezing a little bit. So now we know that having a pelvic floor that is continually, habitually just held tight all the time is not good. If you're pulling in your belly button, you're also pulling in your pelvic floor, whether you know it or you can feel it or not. When you have a tight pelvic floor, then it can lead to things like constipation, painful sex, difficulty or pain putting in or taking out tampons, um, difficulty or pain when you're at the gynecologist's office having a speculum exam. It can actually lead to leaking uh, urine. So you may pee a little when you sneeze or cough or jump or just laugh hard with your friends. Um, So I think some things like leaking, we think, oh, it's because of uh, weak muscles. But I want you to understand that tight muscles, especially in the pelvic floor, are not able to function optimally. So you can think of it that way. They are in a way weak if they are too tight. And they can be too tight because of this gripping, this abdominal holding that we have been teaching or we were taught or, I mean, really it's just in our society. So even before I learned to do that in PT school, I looked in magazines and I grew up in America. So I think I just learned that from our society that 
women are expected to have flat stomachs and this is what we do. And it was like a subconscious thing that I just did anyway. Um, so the pelvic floor tightness is one reason why, you know, we don't want to hold our belly button in all the time. The other is that it does create a very strong pattern of when you're holding your abdomen in, of keeping that tension there. So that tension in your abdomen, I mean, it can um, start affecting your fascia. You can have fascial tension and that will cause restrictions elsewhere in the body. I did a great couple episodes, um, one with Liliana Warner of Lotus of Life Chiropractic here in Decatur. That is just a few episodes back, if you want to check that out, about how important our fascia is and the health of our fascia. So that's another reason why we don't want to hold a belly in all, all the time. Also, if you're holding your abdomen in so tight, that just increases intra-abdominal pressure. And it's got to go somewhere, right? So if you're sucking in your belly, then you can be putting more downward pressure on your pelvic floor, and that can lead to prolapse. That can lead to um, just increased stress and in, in wearing out your pelvic floor. It's undue, unnecessary pressure that we don't really need. Also, yet another reason why we do not want to hold our belly in all the time is that it affects our breathing. So when you're holding your belly in and you have that pressure there, it really can contribute to, to being more of a chest breather. Now, you may just have the habit of being of breathing more from your chest anyway, but that is something that we don't want to encourage or, um, yeah, to, to facilitate or to keep going, right? So um, if you are holding your belly in and, and, and it's just not letting your diaphragm work properly. And like now that we know that the deep abdominal muscles and the pelvic floor work together, we also know that the diaphragm really is the leader of the bus, if you will, when it comes to thinking about trunk stability and how our core gets that ability to, to be strong and steady in space, which allows us to use our arms and be strong elsewhere in our body. So if you are restricting your diaphragm and, and that's optimal functioning, that also has a, a ton of negative effects, right? And one of them is that we're just getting in the way of our body functioning optimally, of doing what it knows how to do and needs to do. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's a, a, a big thing. If, if you're holding your belly in, your trunk stabilizing muscles cannot engage properly, cannot do what they want to do. And then you can have all these negative effects down the road, like leaking or prolapse or just too hard abs and then in discomfort, um, constipation. I mean, you name it. So I really think it is a society thing too. I mean, I really think we look at people and we expect, we idolize having this flat belly. And I look at my two-year-old and if she just pooped and, you know, she hasn't really eaten a whole lot, her belly is pretty flat, right? She's got a good abdominal wall stability and control and integrity. Um, but, you know, she hasn't had a baby. She's two. She she's, you know, she's optimal here. She's, I, I think, ideal if you can, because she's just only been in the world two years. But when she has eaten a whole bunch or she hasn't pooped yet that day, her belly sticks out. I mean, there's just, there's this natural variation in a day that I think we need to give ourselves some grace if you notice that. Now, if you have a huge variation, like you really get bloated or you really notice that your belly is super flat in the morning and that it really distends later in the day, you know, 
start to notice what you're eating. See if you can kind of see some patterns. That may be a reason to see a functional medicine practitioner that can help you work out food sensitivities and see why you're having this really big change in your abdominal wall appearance. Um, or that's a time you can see a pelvic physical therapist and see, you know, what's going on? How are you managing your pressures in your abdomen? How are you breathing? How are you, um, are you gripping with your stomach? Are you activating your pelvic floor properly? So there are people out there that can help um, because it is a, a real, a real concern if you see a big difference with how your abdominal wall and your stomach looks throughout the day. But I'm here today, just a quick little episode. I want to encourage you and empower you to let your body do what it needs to do and not hold your belly in all the time. One final thought. This does not, I'm not giving you permission to slouch and to sink into your chair or when you're standing to let your hips jet forward and your, your knees lock, that's holding and that's hanging onto your ligaments and your joints. You really still want to keep upright posture. So when you're standing, ears should line up over shoulders, over hips, over knees, over ankles. We kind of call this a plumb line. And so you really want to try to make sure your hips aren't sticking out too forward when you're you're sitting. It's kind of the same from your hips, your shoulders, and your ears to try to stay in this upright posture, not super slouchy. Um, but you can do that without gripping your abs and without holding your stomach in all the time. So if you have any questions about any of this, I would love to chat with you about it. Hello at kumbayalpodcast.com. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again, and I wish you well until next time. Take care. Do you ever wish that you could learn the essentials of pelvic health from an experienced pelvic floor physical therapist at a fraction of the cost and from the comfort of your own home? This episode is sponsored by Progressive Pelvic Education, your source for online courses to expand your pelvic health knowledge and promote optimal wellness. Pelvic health is wealth, and there is a lot of essential information about our pelvic floor that isn't taught in school. Learn what to do and not to do to avoid the inconvenience and pain of pelvic floor issues in a self-paced course you can take anywhere. Visit ProgressivePelvicEducation.com to get access today. This content is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. Please discuss any questions you may have regarding your health or medical condition with your physician or a qualified healthcare professional. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.